We want to look at this Psalm 120 then. The title of it is A Song of Degrees. And then we have a preface to the psalm in verse 1, which captures the atmosphere of this psalm as one in distress. In my distress I cried unto the Lord, and he heard me. And then we see the petition that is uppermost in his prayer, in his request, in his cry for deliverance. Deliver my soul, O Lord, from lying lips and from a deceitful tongue. This is why he has such distress, because he's surrounded by ungodly. He's in the world of wickedness, and the thing that marks wicked people is deceit and lying. It's hard to live in the midst of deceit and lying, and that's what this world is, and we're surrounded by deceit and lies. And then he has a reflection on the punishment of evildoers and the punishment of the worldly wicked. What shall be given unto thee? What shall be done unto thee, thou false tongue? Sharp arrows of the mighty with coals of juniper. And then he has a self-reflection here at the end. Woe is me. That I sojourn in Mesech, that I dwell in the tents of Kedar. My soul have long dwelt with him that I have peace. I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. So it's a difficult place that the psalmist is living in. Starts off with distress, it ends with that word war. Distress and war, that's the place he's traveling through. That's the place he lives in. And so, so this psalm, I, I want to, to leave with, with you tonight. Especially, I point out verse 5. Woe is me that I sojourn in Meshach, that I dwell in the tents of Kedar. I sojourn. We've been thinking about that, haven't we? The pilgrim. The one who's passing through this world, who has to live in the world and yet pass through the world. These places, Meshach and Kedar, they are places associated with the heathen. They're very far apart. David can't be in two places at once, but he's thinking of both places. It's like that. This is the kind of people I have to pass through. This is the kind of people I have to live with. It's a difficult place, the world. It's a hard place for Christians as we sojourn. And as I say, we've been thinking much about that in the Hebrews, the pilgrims. We saw all the trials of faith that the pilgrims have. And so, so we turn to this psalm and this portion of the word of God with Hebrews in our mind and with the pilgrims of faith in our mind. And Psalm 120, I have to point out here, it's not standing alone. You'll notice the title, A Song of Degrees. We can't ignore that title. It's very important. The word degrees could be translated steps. The Psalm of Steps. Different levels. 
this psalm, as we look at it, we have to remember that this title is not only occurring here, it occurs in the next psalm too. Psalm 121, do you see that? A song of degrees, a song of steps. Here's another step. And then the next psalm, Psalm 122, a song of degrees of David. Here's another step. And lo and behold, Psalm 123, a song of degrees, and 24 as well. And Psalm 125, right up to Psalm 134, a song of steps, 15 of them, 15 steps. No Hebrew ever forgot that. These steps lived in their mind. They saw these steps every time they were at the temple, in the court of the temple. They never got them out of their mind. A song of steps. The Hebrew people of faith that we read about in Hebrews 11, and the Christian too, he can never forget about the 15 steps, the 15 levels, the 15 degrees of progress. So these psalms come together. You can't study Psalm 120 in isolation. The Holy Spirit has tied a cord through Psalm 120, through Psalm 121, through to the end, Psalm 124. He's tied a cord through them all as they progress upward in steps. You have to follow the steps. The Holy Spirit's order here is in the steps. I believe the whole 150 Psalms are arranged by the Holy Spirit. But certainly these 15 are. These 15 steps. You can't break the order of the Psalms. Whenever we study Psalm 119, the previous Psalm, it was like being in a mansion. You remember we said that at the time? This is a massive mansion in this altar. 22 rooms. Alphabetical rooms. We were in every room, the 22 rooms. We spent a lot of months in the mansion. But the Christian life isn't always in the mansion. In fact, most of the Christian life is a journey. It's a pilgrimage. It's out in the world. It's out in the trials of life. It's not sitting in the mansion in the theological rooms. It's in the distress, in the troubles, in the crying out in the trials. That's the ordinary life of the Christian. And so we have to leave the mansion of Psalm 119 and immediately we step down into the lowest level, into the distress, into Psalm 120 and we have to make our way up like pilgrims do to Psalm 134. So we're in Psalm 120 and we have to remember that it's the lowest psalm, the lowest step and there's distress here and he's dwelling with the ungodly and with the wicked Christians are like that. And so we're reminded that we're sojourners. I sojourn. In other words, this isn't my home. This, this isn't my resting place. This is not the end. For the worldly, this is the end. This is the end all, the be all. This is all they have. But the Christian is a traveler. He's a pilgrim. This world isn't the be all and the end all. The Christian is making a journey. He's going upward. He's ascending by the steps. 
He's making his way up to the temple. He's making his way up to the house of God. Like the end of Psalm 23. The Lord's my shepherd. I'm not one. He leads me. He guides me. I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forevermore. That's a Christian pilgrim. Making his way up to glory. Making his way up to the house of God. And these Psalms replicate that journey. The pilgrim. In the lowest distress. In the tents of Meshach and Kedar. Making his journey. In the 15 steps. Heavenward. Up to the temple. Up to the glory. So the Christian seeks a world to come. The Christian isn't looking for this city here in this world. He's looking for a building that has foundations. His builder and maker is God. The heavenly Jerusalem. Upward. Heavenward. Beyond. That's where he's going. We are strangers and pilgrims on the earth. And Peter said, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims on the earth. And that's the way it is. The Christian faith is a pilgrimage. The Christian faith is a journey. It's a journey from the place of the curse to the place of the blessing. It's a journey from the judgment here on the earth to the heavenly glories of salvation with the Lord in the place above. The pilgrimage. And it's fraught with dangers and troubles and trials along the way. And that's all expressed in these psalms. These 15 psalms. These were very important psalms for the Hebrew pilgrims. And as Christian pilgrims, we need songs on the journey. And there's none better than these 15 songs. These are the pilgrim songs for the believer. Remember how the psalmist said, Thy statutes have been my songs in the house of my pilgrimage. The old caravans that used to travel and migrate through the land and through the country, uh, those caravans were, were, were united by singing. They all sung songs. Songs of travel, songs of the journey. And Christians need songs for the journey. They need psalms to encourage them along the way. They need the word of God to uphold them and sustain them every step they take as they make their 15 steps up, up to heaven, up to glory. And these psalms are, are a good sample of the pilgrim songs that we as the people of God need. Now, a wee bit more about the, this title. As I say, it's 15 steps, and each one's going higher, and it's a whole package. You have to kind of look at them together. You can't break the order of them. You know, you can't go from step one to step seven. And then from step seven back down to step three. I mean, that's nonsense. That's not how you climb a staircase. You can't break the order. The, the order has to be kept. And we have to study them in, in the order. There's a special order. There's not one out of place. Incrementally, each one is going upward and ascending. And you'll see throughout these psalms, imagery of travel and the imagery of journey. Uh, for example, in verse 4 of Psalm 122, whether the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, unto the testimony of Israel to give thanks unto the name of the Lord. You see, they're traveling. They're going up to the temple. The, the Jews had to do that, you know. Every year they had to go to Jerusalem to the temple for the Passover. 
In fact, there were three occasions when they had to go to the temple. They probably went and stayed there a long time, for a couple of them anyway, but at least once a year, it was expected that the Hebrew pilgrims would journey upwards. And these were the psalms that they used, that accompanied them. These songs. And you'll notice that these 15 steps, as I said, it starts off in the low place, in the distress, in the valley, in the darkness of Kedar and Meshach. But notice where it it finishes, the last psalm, Psalm 134. Notice where that finishes. Bless ye the Lord, all ye servants of the Lord, which by night stand in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. The Lord that made heaven and earth, bless thee out of Zion. Do you see how it ends? They're in the temple, they're in the sanctuary, there's nothing but blessing, there's no curse. They're blessing the Lord and the Lord's blessing them and the priests and especially the high priest, he's blessing them. They've come to the place of blessing. They've made the claim, they've done the ascent, they've reached the rest they're in the place where there's no curse, only blessing. They finish the journey and they're saved at last in the glory with the Lord and with the great high priest. So that's the kind of imagery here in these pilgrim psalms. It begins in distress and curse. The curse that's in the tent of Meshach. And the curse that's in the tent of Kedar where we woe ourselves because of it. But we leave it. We leave the city of destruction and we travel, we make a journey and we come to the place of blessing, place of salvation where there's no curse, only the eternal and everlasting blessing of God. This is the imagery behind these psalms. This is why this unity has to be kept. Fifteen steps. They're carefully arranged. The middle one, Psalm 127, The very central one is by Solomon. And then there are seven at each side and seven at the other side. And five at each side are anonymous. And there are two that are attributed to David on each side as well. So they're carefully balanced, carefully arranged to have the Solomon psalm as that central one in the midst of them all. This blessing that it ends up with in Psalm 134, that reminds us of the priest's blessing. Because one of the greatest things that a Hebrew could have was a great high priest giving the blessing over them. You remember how how God commanded to give the blessing to Israel? The high priest was to do that. And that's what these pilgrims have gone up for, for the blessing of the high priest, for the blessings of the Lord. And brethren and sisters, we are traveling from the curse to the blessing. From a world ruined by the fall to the heavenly Zion, where no curse is found. Remember the book of Revelation? Didn't we see that? There's no curse there. It's only the glory of the Lord and the blessings of God. And we're ascending the hill of the Lord. Who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Who shall dwell in thy holy hill? The pilgrims, the people of God, those who are led by Jesus Christ, those who are saved by his grace, he brings them, he brings them into the heavenly glory. So there's, there's lowliness and there's going up to the hill of the Lord to the temple. And that literally happened in Israel. That was literal. People had to ascend up into Jerusalem, the temple. So it's an upward journey. I, I've never been on the train in Israel but I understand there's a train from Tel Aviv up to Jerusalem 
And they say that your ears pop along the journey because you're ascending. You're, you're, you're constantly going up the hill. Jerusalem's on the hill and you're making your way up. And that's where God chose to put his name. And all the pilgrims from all over the world that make their journey and that land in Israel, that come by the coast, or they'll come by the trade routes, the dispersed Jews, and finally they'd make their way up, up, up to the hill. And as they travelled in the caravans, these 15 psalms, they were their songs. They sung these at night. They sung these 15 of them every day as they set up camp and set up their caravans. This, this was their bread and butter. And it replicates the curse and the fall and salvation. The Garden of Eden was on a mountain, you know. I don't know if you ever knew that, but it was. It was way up on a mountain, the Garden of Eden, the paradise. How do you know that, preacher? Well, the Bible says that there were four rivers went out of it. And so it must have been up on the mountain. If the rivers are going out of it and they're flowing out and they're flowing down, it must be because it was up in the heights. So that's where the blessing was, up in the heights. But man sinned. And he was driven out and he was driven down. Down into the lowlands. Because of the curse. Down where the curse was. But Jesus Christ has redeemed us. And he's come into the world. He's come to the curse, the place of the curse. He's borne the curse. And he, he raises us up to God. He brings us back up into the Eden. He brings us back up into the glory. It's Jesus Christ that does that. Made a curse for us. That we would be saved. So he raises us up to the heavenly paradise. Which is even now better than Eden. And beyond Eden. Because the grace of God has brought us far more. Than what we lost in our father Adam. In the last Adam. Jesus Christ we have so much more. Through his rich grace. So it pictures that. Now as I say, these pilgrims sung these psalms every day in their journey as they made it to Jerusalem. Fifteen steps. Now I want you to think about why fifteen? Why not fourteen? Or seven? Seven's a nice number in the Bible, isn't it? The number of perfection. So we could have seven steps, perfect steps to glory, but no Fifteen. Why fifteen? And I, I thought about that and reflected upon that. And it's a good question. And we have to ask, well, what significance had that for the pilgrims? Travelling to the temple in Jerusalem. These fifteen steps. Fifteen steps. Well, the answer is this. In the temple... And we know a lot about the temple because there's a lot of material that is available through Hebrew scholars in the past. The temple had a certain place that was called the Court of the Women and there were 15 steps there. That's one of the most important places in the temple. It's called the Court of the Women not because it's only for women but because that's as far as the women could come. That's as far as all Israel could come. That's as far as the nation could come. They had to stop at the 15 steps. Now they could go up the steps, I think, especially for certain ceremonies. They could stand on the steps and praise God, the Levites did. But that was a height for the people of Israel, the 15 steps. That was the top. That's where the priests stood and gave them the benediction and the blessing from the 15 steps. And there, it's a, I showed you the picture whenever we studied the temple. It's a big semicircle of 15 steps, nearly the whole width of the, of the court of the women. 
you could see the altar beyond, you could see the smoke coming out from the altar beyond. The women couldn't go beyond the, the gates, but the men could go a little further so that they could see things in the court of Israel. And the, the priests, they could even go beyond that and they could go to the altar and to, into the very house of the Lord itself. These 15 steps were, were very important. And there was a lot of things that took place. There were a lot of rituals that were carried out there that, that we can't go into. One of the things that took place there was all the Levites would stand there. They'd stand there with their cymbals, with their trumpets, uh, with their, all their different instruments that they used. And they would sing these 15 psalms, these pilgrim psalms, to the pilgrims. As well as that, on the, the great day of atonement, the high priest, he would come out there. He would stand on those 15 steps. He would read Leviticus chapter 16 through to 18. And he would give the people the, the, the benediction, the blessings of, of the high priest. And so there were a lot of things here. A great study to know all the things that took place in the court of the women. And those 15 steps, the very, the very centre of, of it all. This is what's in their mind, this number 15. The 15 degrees. The 15 steps. As they go up to that place to finally end their journey and receive that benediction of the great high priest. It was all wonderful. And you know, heaven's going to be wonderful when we get there at the end. And we've made the journey. And the 15 steps are complete. And the journey's over. And we reach... And we meet the great high priest who comes out to greet us. When he comes again in his glory and he greets us. And he gives us the blessings of a, a resurrected body. And a salvation that has no end. And we'll have the blessings abundant. The blessings unspeakable that he has purchased for us by his precious blood. It's all set forth here in, 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 these, in these Psalms. But again I have to ask. Why 15? Why did they design that staircase to have 15 steps? Why 15 steps? It's not because there were 15 pilgrim psalms. We'll make 15 steps. No. There's 15 pilgrim psalms because there's 15 steps. But why are there 15 steps? And not 14. Or not, and not 13. But 15 degrees. There are a number of suggestions for that, uh, and one of them is, uh, as a very popular and a very common one, perhaps the most well-known and common one, and the most generally accepted one, and that is Hezekiah. Hezekiah, you remember, the king Hezekiah, the godly king, he had a lot to do with the Psalter, with the arranging of the Psalter and the placing of the Psalms in certain orders. It's believed that he had a lot to do with that. He had a great interest in the temple. But one day Isaiah told him, you're going to die, Hezekiah. It's all over for you. Get your will made. Settle your affairs. It's the end. And he turned his face toward God. And he, he prayed for mercy and for the Lord to intervene. And God heard him. And Isaiah had to go back again and say, the Lord's give you 15 more years. 15 more years. Before you go to heaven. 15 more years before you finish the pilgrimage. 15 more years of journeying and traveling. Hezekiah. And so he knew every day he went to the temple. And every year he went to the annual feast. He could knock one off. 
He could knock another one off and another one off until he came to number 15 and he knew this was the last. This was glory. This was it. It was the journey finished. As Paul said, I finished my course. The journey's over. And it was at 15 steps that Hezekiah finished the journey. And actually, when the going back of the dial, which God gave to him as a sign, it went back 10 degrees because of the breakup of the, the, the nature of the sundial and the shadows. Uh, the word degrees there is the same word as I think here in the title of the psalm. So, so that's a viewpoint. However, I do not think it is a correct viewpoint. I like to believe that it is connected with the priestly benediction. The priestly blessing. You have that in Numbers chapter 6, verses 22 through to 27. The Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto Aaron and his sons. This is for the priests. Aaron the high priest and his sons as they take his rule. And the high priest changes. On this wise ye shall bless the children of Israel, saying unto them, and this is the benediction. And the high priest would have his arms raised high. He'd be standing above these 15 steps. Saying to all of Israel there gathered. The mothers, the women, the men, the children. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee. And be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee. And give thee peace. And they shall put my name on the children of Israel, and I will bless them. That's number 6, verses 22 through to 27. That's the ironic benediction. And in that triple use of God's name, the Lord bless thee, the Lord make his face shine upon thee, the Lord lift up his countenance. In that threefold use of the Lord's name, God says they'll put my name on Israel. It's a triune name. It's one name, my name, it's not names, but there is a threeness because we're baptized in the name of God. And that's the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And the priest had to give a, 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 a triple blessing with this divine name because God is Father, Son and Holy Spirit. And so the Trinity is in that blessing. This is God's best. This is God's greatest for his people. Blessing them. Keeping them. Making his face to shine upon them. His grace to enter into their life. To remove all the curse. And to give them the blessings of God and of heaven. That's the greatest blessing. That's the high priest that gives it. And you'll notice that it's the second name that mentions the face. The Lord bless thee. The first person. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee. That's the second person. That's the Son. Because it's the Son of God. It's in his face that we see God. And it's through the face of God in his Son that comes to us all the grace and all the blessing. Now that ironic blessing in the Hebrew has 15 words. And I believe that those 15 steps were built thus to replicate the number of the words 
in the greatest blessing of all that a child of Israel could receive from the high priest. Fifteen words. That is a great study in itself, the Aaronic blessing. The first line is three words. The second line is five words. The last line is seven words in, in the Hebrew. And it all adds up to fifteen. But you notice that every line gets longer by two words, by two steps. It gets longer and longer and greater. Because you know God's blessings like that. It gets bigger and bigger and greater and greater. And it spreads out more and more. And even all of eternity is not enough to limit the blessing of Almighty God which goes on and on. And so the last line finishes with seven words. The perfectness of the eternal blessing of God on his people. And so the people are travelling up to the 15 steps for that, for the blessing of God, for the blessing that knows no end and no bounds and that goes on and on into eternity. And that blessing is through Jesus Christ our Lord, through his face. And these pilgrim psalms, the time is gone here, and I'm not going to expound Psalm 120 tonight, but these pilgrim psalms, all of them have to be studied through the lens of the ironic blessing. Those 15 words, those 15 steps that originate from those 15 words. Those words are repeated throughout the, the pilgrim psalms. Uh, for example, the first line of the blessing is, The Lord bless thee and keep thee. And you can study the word blessing in these psalms. Frequently occurs. Psalm 128. Thus shall the man be blessed that feareth the Lord. Verse 4. Psalm 128 verse 5. The Lord shall bless thee out of Zion. That's where it is you see. It's only coming out of Zion. The Lord will bless thee out of Zion. Psalm 129 verse 8. The blessing of the Lord be upon you. We bless you in the name of the Lord. This is the priest's speaking. Psalm 132 Verse 15, God speaking, I will abundantly bless her provision. I will satisfy her with bread. The Lord that made heaven and earth. That's the last verse of the Pilgrim Psalms. Psalm 134, verse 3. The Lord that made heaven and earth bless thee. The Lord bless thee. The very foundation of the ironic blessing. Splattered throughout all these Pilgrim Psalms. The Lord's blessing. That's what we need. You know, that's what you need in your life. The Lord's blessing. That's what you need today. You need the Lord's blessing tonight. You need the Lord's blessing tomorrow. You need the Lord's blessing all the week that is ahead. And you're only going to get it from the Lord. From Christ himself. From the great high priest. Then take the word keep. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The first of the blessings. And that word keep is replicated as well. Throughout these pilgrim psalms. Psalm 121 that we read, as frequently occurs there, the Lord is, is our keeper. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. He that keepeth Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. The Lord shall keep thee from all evil. He keep thy soul. Psalm 127 verse 1. Except the Lord build the house, the labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city. The watchman watching me. What's a minister without the Lord? What's a watchman without the keeper himself? Almighty God. 
It's the Lord that keeps us. It's the Lord that blesses us. So that first line of the blessing is replicated throughout all these Psalms. That's the same with the rest of them as well. So you study them in the light of the ironic blessing. The 15 words. Which is the manna from above to the weary pilgrims. The lessons from these Psalms are very simple. We are pilgrims. Travelling from the place of the curse to the place of the heavenly blessing. The journey is tough. The journey is difficult. The journey is set with problems and trials along the way that these psalms inform us about. The difficulty of the journey. But the Lord keeps us. The Lord preserves us. The Lord gives us the endurance to go on. And by his songs of pilgrimage that strengthen us, we finish the journey. We make the destination and we get to the 15 steps through the grace of God. And the end is blessed. The end is wonderful. And we travel together, you see. Because this little congregation in Guildford, this is our caravan on the road to glory. The Lord in his providence has brought us together. We're the ones that travel together. We're the ones who sing these psalms together. The Lord has made us a caravan together in this spiritual home for the pilgrims. There are caravans in other places too. And there are saints in there in the providence of God where they're together, where they can sing the psalms of Zion together. But we're here. This is our caravan. And we have to make the journey together. Let's make it easy. Let's travel in unity and harmony and in love to our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ and to one another. Let's travel humbly. Let's travel circumspectly and carefully in the pilgrim. And I have to ask, are you all pilgrims? Is there someone in here who's not saved? Is there someone in here who just very much likes the tents of Mitzek? And the tents of Kedar, the tents of darkness, the tents of the world, the tents of the sin. There are people who love the tents of the world. They don't want to leave them. I hope all here are pilgrims who've left the world, who've left sin, and are following Jesus Christ as he brings us to the heavenly glory.